my name is Christina Lee. I played Kyle in Child's Play 2, and you are listening to The Horror Returns. Greetings, victims. For those of you who delight in dread, who fantasize about fear, who glorify gore, welcome. You have found the place where the horror returns. Listeners, beware. This podcast contains major plot spoilers and the foulest of language. Join us in celebrating the old and the new, the best and the worst in horror. Everybody to the horror returns. I'm Lance, and with me, as always, are my co-host uh, Philip, and also Brian. And uh, joining us tonight for the first time since our March Madness episode is our friend Thomas Mariani. Uh, Thomas, you got something uh, going on? Some something new going on? Double Edge, Double Bill, right? What's that all about? Yes, that's my new podcast that I do with uh, Adam Thomas. You might have recognized me from some of the horror news radio groups and magazine-related podcasts. I'm not doing those anymore, uh, but I am doing this new Double-Edged Double Bill, which the basic premise is um, Adam and I have a topic for each week, and we both come to the table with two movies that we're, we don't know the basic uh, – beyond that you know, basic topic, we don't know what the two choices are. And we pick a number between one and ten. And uh, one of us has two good movies. One of us has two bad movies. And so we seal our fates with that. Let me give you an example. Let's, let me get a volunteer. Uh, yes, you, Mr. Langford. Pick a number between one and ten. <laughs> uh, eight. All right. You chose number eight, which is closest to number seven, which for our topic of heist films, which was our most recent episode we just put out, is Heat, which was the good movie that we did. That's a good one. Okay. Yes. And then now pick another number between one and ten. Uh, let's go with three this time. All right, number three, that was closest to number two, which was the classic heist film Mordecai, which we did as our bad. <laughs> that yeah. sounds fun. I like watching bad movies sometimes. Oh, sometimes. I never even I never <laughs> even checked this one out, Thomas. I haven't either. Oh, it's so much fun. Didn't even know it was a heist. I didn't even know it was a heist movie. So much well, it's what? Most, <laughs> it's it's mostly a Johnny Depp has a mustache movie because that's oh, most no. of the things. It's just, oh, yeah, that. it's a mustache. Look how awful his mustache is. That's most of the jokes. That's terrible, uh, man. So great. I know, right? Wonderful. Does the, so does the mustache move across his face in different scenes? You know, I'm not going to spoil things for okay. you. Okay. <laughs> you have to dredge through that to find out. Oh, wonderful. All right. Well, we appreciate you joining us, man. So since since you're our guest, we want to ask you first, other than the uh, the two features that we checked out for the show, what's uh, the coolest thing you've seen this week, man? Right before I saw Hereditary, our big feature of the evening, I saw a movie called First Reformed, uh, which is the new Paul Schrader film uh, starring Ethan Hawke. And basic premise, it's a sort of drama thriller about a priest who is sort of going through a crisis of faith. It's very much sort of like a mixture of a taxi driver, which Schrader wrote, and Last Temptation of Christ, oh, wow. which he also wrote. Um, and it's about him kind of coming to terms with a follower of the church who um, is a very much like an environmentalist 
uh, guy who's worried about all like the obvious like immediate issues that are going on right now. And he tries to kind of resolve and try and find excuses for getting around that. But he ends up kind of sinking lower into a depression, especially when he encounters some corrupt people within sort of the church atmosphere, including a phenomenal uh, performance that surprised me from Cedric the Entertainer as the <laughs> I I know as the uh, main priest of like a sort of like over the top corporate church um, okay. that I found fascinating um it's it's a great movie i'd recommend like i said not as horror driven though there is a thriller angle to it that i won't spoil that actually gets you really tense throughout the whole movie it's one of my favorites of the year it's another a24 film the same people who released hereditary mm-hmm. um and there is gore in it though it's more in that taxi driver kind of way where okay. it's more realistic and grounded but it's fucked up when it happens um i i love this movie i would definitely recommend it though like i said it's pretty heavy the subject matter Mm-hmm. Pretty, pretty depressing. So double feature with that and hereditary feel good double feature of the year. Uh, <laughs> Sounds like it. So you're in for a good night, huh? <laughs> oh, yeah, so much. Um, but yeah, first reformed uh, from uh, writer director Paul Schrader. Is it anything? Have you ever seen the Irish film uh, Cavalry that came out a few years ago? No, that's the Ben Wheatley movie, right? Uh, with, uh, uh, I don't think Ben Wheatley directed it. Um, I'm not really sure who. Ah, who was it? Was it uh, uh, Brendan Gleeson was in it and uh, Chris O'Dowd? Okay. Um, uh, you know what? I think it was the same director that did Three Billboards, man. No, I'm way oh, off. Oh, Mark McDonald. No, John Michael McDonald. I'm looking. I'm actually looking it up now. I'm cheating. Oh, that's his brother. Actually, that's the, <laughs> no he's kidding. the brother who did um the oh god the guard with Brendan Gleeson, which is okay. a great film. As well, yes. Yeah, yeah. That's it's it's a pretty, pretty pretty heavy movie, man. I was just curious if you'd if you'd seen it and if there was a similar. It sounded like there might be a little similarity to what you're uh, describing. Um, no, I have not seen that one uh, myself. Does it have Cedric the Entertainer? Because this one does. <laughs> by the so way, is Cedric Kyle's? He does not go by the Entertainer. Oh, okay. So is well, there any? Is there any Blast comedy me. in it? Any comedy at all, Thomas? Like a few light moments, or is it pretty heavy all the way through? Uh, it's pretty brutal. It's pretty oh, heavy. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> uh, when do you guys want to lighten it up a little? Um, I'll go. I watched uh, uh, the first couple of episodes of Legion, uh, oh, the second season. <laughs> okay. Uh, I said lighten it up, too. I don't know. It doesn't lighten. Well, because it's fucking weird. There's like a dance scene in there. This is a trippy right. show, man. They have embraced their um, we made this while we were super high mentality. Mm-hmm. And uh, <laughs> it's uh, it's interesting. I, I don't know if it's quite as good as the first season, but uh, I, I'm digging it. I, I, I'm, I skipped a couple of days, but I'm, I'm going back in for more at some point in the near future. Um, I also, to bring it back down, because uh, we are a horror podcast, rewatched uh, Oculus with my wife, and uh, mm-hmm. she's never seen it. That's a cool ass movie, man. And uh, you know, that's the same chick that plays Nebula. In mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah, we, we started looking it up, and I was like, "Holy shit, that is her." Um. Great performance, uh, probably one of her first movies, I assume. And uh, I, it was it was good, man. She uh, she was scared shitless. Did not sleep well last night. <laughs> <laughs> Freaking out about mirrors and shit. Uh, right. But it was a good movie, man. I recommend it, and it's on Netflix, so go check it out. Cool. I think we all have Netflix. Oh, and hang on, I have 
One more. Have you guys seen the uh, <laughs> Equalizer 2 uh, no. trailer? I've seen the trailer. Yeah. Okay. I'm excited about this movie, man. I don't know how, how that qualifies as a cool of the week, but I wanted to talk about it. I, cool I wasn't trailer. really impressed with the first one, but I'm excited about this one. What do you guys think about it? No, I, I love the first movie, so I'm yeah. all in on this one. I was disappointed in the first one, but this one looks cool as shit. Yeah, me too. Tom, what about you, Thomas? Um, it looks like it'll be a better Death Wish movie than the one we got this year. Oh! <laughs> That's very true. All right, I checked out a movie. Uh, Thomas, I know, I know you like this one, too. came out a couple years ago. It flew under the radar for me for some reason. Uh, called Southbound. It's, a, it's yes. an anthology, anthology movie. Oh, I never did watch it. Yeah, I think you're the only one. I, Brian, you've checked it out, right? Uh, I think so. I've stopped on it like 50 fucking times going, mm-hmm. should I watch this? Nah, I'll keep looking. It It's pretty original. Thomas, what, yeah. was, your, what was your favorite favorite part of it, man? Uh, it's that middle segment that I'll just say the one segment mm-hmm. literally uh, gets crashed into by this segment. Um, and it's honestly one of my favorite <laughs> horror anthology segments in any horror movie. It's, it's so fucking great. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Really creepy, really creepy when he did what he did. And then he started hearing all, both of them laughing through the, through the cell phone. Like he got set up. Yeah, right. That super vague <laughs> description of things that happened in the movie. Yes. Yeah. yeah I, I agree with go. that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to spoil it. it. It is a three year old movie, but you know, yes, no, that's true. It, it's definitely one that deserves to be seen. Even like all the segments actually are pretty consistently decent at the very least, but it's so. so worth watching for just that middle segment alone. Yeah. I, I liked it. I kind of liked the way all the segments sort of led it, led into the next one. I thought that was pretty yeah. cool. Um, yeah, I'd like to definitely would like to see see these people make make more anthologies. Gonna kind of well, do a little research and see who all who all directed the different segments. I know it's producer Roxanne Benjamin, and it's a lot of people who mm-hmm. do like the VHS series and stuff like that. Um, oh, wow, who produced this one, yeah. Cool. Yeah, we'll check it out. If you guys haven't seen uh, Southbound? I don't. I don't know where it is. I. Um, I let's just say I got it on iTunes. <laughs> we'll leave it at that. Sure. <laughs> All right, Brian, what'd you check out, man? Um, I've been kind of going through my Shutter app, just kind of picking things out, and um, checked out uh, No One Lives with uh, Luke Evans. And I can't remember the director's name. He just recently did uh, Downrange, and uh, he's done Midnight Meat Train. Mm-hmm. Uh, can't think of his name right now, but it, it was decent. It's, one of, it's a WWE Studios film. It's probably one of the more entertaining films that they've done uh luke evans is like a a serial killer or a psychopath or something and basically he gets kidnapped by these people and they just basically kidnap the wrong person and it it was decent it wasn't wasn't Mm -hmm. nothing too too special i didn't i didn't really check out the usual 10 films a week so that's probably the best thing i watched this week light light week for you huh yeah. Vince McMahon has got his grubby little hands in everything, doesn't he? Mm-hmm. In fact, interesting fact, this is the second WWE Studios movie we've talked about, because Oculus is also one. Oh, mm-hmm. okay. Well, there I you go. I would have suspected that. <laughs> no, no one would. There's no wrestler in it at all. That's Karen Gillan does some shit I didn't know. Oh, wow. He's going to run right. for president next. <sighs> don't. <laughs> okay. Shouldn't have brought that up. <laughs> we don't, we don't talk, talk politics on the horror returns, man. <laughs> 
Uh, but you know what we do talk about? We talk about horror headlines, and those are brought to you by your friendly neighborhood, uh, Brian. What's going on, man? Got anything? Got anything <laughs> new this week? Uh, light news week. Um, didn't really uh, jot down much because we'd just be rehashing same old news. But uh, one thing I want to revisit: we talked about Lauren Cohen that plays Maggie. Uh-huh. Uh, she's officially leaving uh, oh, season God. after season nine. So <laughs> that was announced this week. I Thomas, imagine so is the rest of the cast. Thomas, do you watch The Walking Dead at this point? I stopped at the big cliffhanger at the end of season six, right before spoilers. Glenn died, right? Right. That was right around. We're just like, I'm, I'm fucking done with this shit. I, I haven't uh, even seen any of. That's the only bit of Negan I've seen, and I just heard he was kind of disappointing after that, anyway. But I would say so. Yeah. That first episode was kick ass, though. And the next season, where they ended the cliffhanger, I saw yeah, that clip. Like yeah. That. yeah, yeah. I'm like, oh, you, you killed somebody who mattered. Too little, too fucking late. <laughs> <laughs> that was the downfall, I think. Yeah, no dump, uh, no dumpster to hide under that time, huh? Oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. Um, uh, it Chapter 2 has finally uh, casted the last member of the Losers Club, and that is uh, Isaiah Mustafa will play Adult Mike. And the only thing I recognize him from, uh, he was the old Spice guy before Terry Crews. Look at your clown, then back to me. Look at your clown, then back to me. <laughs> And uh, finally, um, some more casting news for Quentin Tarantino's Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Um, Casted quite a few people, but I think the biggest uh, casting was Al Pacino. Al Pacino? This is the Manson family one, right? Yes. Cool. Oh, come on now. (laughs) I'm excited about that. That's going to be a loaded cast. No Mm -hmm. shit. Uh, a couple yeah. of other names: uh, Emil Hirsch, uh, Dakota Fanning. Oh wow! Oh. Uh, Tell me, Luke. Emil Hirsch is playing Charles Manson. He has to. <laughs> That'd be great casting. Yeah, actually, that makes mm-hmm. sense. Mm-hmm. That, I said I that like a fucking year ago when they first started talking about that. I was like, man, this would be the perfect guy. You did. You did call it. Yeah, <laughs> I remember that. Uh, Luke Perry casted in the movie. What the fuck happened <laughs> to him? <laughs> is this everybody just like please revolt to me please revolt to right. me come on Quinn, please do it <laughs> fucking Luke Perry what's the last thing he was in Sharknado or some shit oh man I, for some reason the only thing that pops in my head is Fifth Element where he had oh, that little yeah. five minute scene in the beginning oh yeah that's right, right. <laughs> give it a cash um, yeah on, on that note um, not a lot of news so uh, that's it all right. Well, Thomas, uh, we're glad you joined us, brother. And we're going to take you down to our little hangout here. We're going down to the trailer park. Brian, what is our first new trailer to talk about this week? We're going to talk about The Girl in the Spider's Web, starring Claire Foy, Sylvia Hoax, Lakeith Stansfield, and Stephen Merchant, directed by Fede Alvarez. What is your guys' take on this uh, trailer? I'm curious about it. I mean, I've seen all the different uh, girl with the blank movies uh, with Elizabeth Salander. And Claire Foy is an interesting choice I wouldn't initially suspect. Um, but I mean, those movies are made what made me fall in love with Numi Rapace and then Rooney Mara. Um, honestly, I thought they were really stood out in those movies. And this is one that's actually not based on any of the ones that have been previously adapted. So and I haven't read the books. 
so I'm curious to see how this goes. Um, and also, I love the key Stanfield in most anything, so mm-hmm. I'm down, I think. Yeah, it sounds like a good cast and a good director. I, I have read all three of the books, and the way that... Uh, well, book one is kind of st- a standalone story, but the way books two and three are written, they're pretty much going to have to make a third movie, because book, uh, book two only tells half the story, so... I'm curious if they're going to do that or try to or try to you know cram the whole thing into one movie. But is this based on those actual books or is because I've heard there are other books in like the Millennium series that weren't written by the guy who passed away who actually wrote those. This so I don't one, know. Is, yeah, this one actually is the second the second in the series. Okay. So I would imagine that because uh, I think the third one is called the girl who kicked kicked the hornet's nest. And those those two are those two are tied together. It's basically the same group of uh, bad guys in both books. I smell a cliffhanger coming. <laughs> <laughs> Probably so, Marvel style, huh? Yeah. But I wonder how much they're actually going to reference like the Fincher dragon tattoo anyway, or if they're going to try and make mm. this also standalone. There's a lot of questions with like how they're going to really connect any of these. That is that is a very good question actually, because it's like a completely different cast, right? Yeah, yeah, I, I think they were going to because I think they were trying to get um, what is his name, James Bond, Daniel Craig to come back. Yeah, mm-hmm. but I think they might be just going in a completely different direction now. Yeah, they can't even get Daniel Craig to come back for any any more Bond movies. I don't think, right? No, he's, well, no, he's doing coming one back more. for the last one. Yeah. Oh, he is. He'll be back. He'll be back for one more, huh? Yeah, they they backed up the the trucks of money to his house, so one more. I'm sorry for Spectre, please. <laughs> Take then, so much money, please. Right. And then Idris Elba finally, or what? Probably Am I not. going to get my wish? Huh? I would no, love he... to see that, but I don't think it'll happen. I don't no, think it my... will either, but he'd be no. a kick-ass Bond. No, in my luck, it'll be Dane DeHaan, right? Uh, They'll probably make it a chick. Ah, uh, Jamie, Jamie Bond, huh? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Uh, the girl in the spider's web will be in theaters November 9th. Moving on to our next one, which is Suspiria, starring Dakota Johnson, Tilda Swinton, Mia Goth, Chloe Grace Moretz, and I am not even going to attempt this director's name. Uh, Luca Gaganino? Italiano. We'll, we'll go with that. Well, French, but also, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Close enough, uh, European. <laughs> interesting, and the most interesting thing to me about this is his previous film was the multiple Academy Award-nominated Call Me By Your Name. Oh. Mm. Wow. Never saw it. A departure. <laughs> well, I, I really enjoyed Call Me By Your Name, so that's what makes me curious about this, because obviously mm-hmm. on paper, doing the Spear remake, bad idea. But honestly, right. I kind of like that it feels like they're not doing the over-the-top colors, which is a good sign. Try and be different. Don't try, try and over emulate what Dario Gentor did. But at the same time, also, you know, it's kind of feels like it's going to be a bit more character focused, do something really different with it, which I'm all for if you're going to actually remake it. Uh, but then again, I think we got the best of Spear remake and it was called black Swan. Oh, okay. <laughs> good point. I don't know yeah, what to I'm... think about this one. I don't think they gave it. Uh, they, they didn't really give you enough information. It was just kind of a little, a little nibble mm-hmm. just to say, hey, we're remaking it. If you are interested in the first one, you'll go see this one just out of sheer force, you know? Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm ready to give it a, give it a chance for sure. Th- Thomas, you, you're talking about Call Me by, by Your Name. I actually saw that a couple of weeks ago, but 
Uh, I'm I see here now that he also directed one a few years ago, A Bigger Splash. Did you see that one? Um, I have it, but I know about that one. That's the one where mm-hmm. Tilda Swinton plays like a David Bowie style rock star, exactly. which sounds like the best casting possible. <laughs> it's awesome, dude. Perfect casting. She's oh, yeah. an interesting person. Very, very interesting. And yeah, a lot of the same cast from that is Dakota Johnson is in that movie as well. And I hate to admit it, but she she does some pretty damn good acting, which after having seen a few of her other movies that my wife's dragged me to the theater to see, if you, <laughs> if you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, <laughs> sure. I, sure. I, don't think, like, I would argue if you watch any of those Fifty Shades movies, she's yeah. like actively fighting to make something. <laughs> she's, she's like actively trying. <laughs> Meanwhile, she's got a block of wood. Jamie Dornan just like, hey. <laughs> I'm Michael Hot and stuff. <laughs> I should take off my shirt now. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> oh boy. Yeah. It's uh I I'm ready to give Suspiria a try for sure. Um I'm sure we're gonna cover it, right, Brian? Oh yeah, it's 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 on the schedule. Awesome. Uh, it's, uh, this is also a November release, uh releasing uh November second. All right. And moving on to our final trailer we're going to talk about is Halloween, starring Jamie Lee Curtis, Judy Greer, Virginia Gardner, Will Patton, and Nick Castle, directed by David Gordon Green. Hmm. Thoughts? <laughs> Written by Danny McBride, as well, we should mention. <laughs> yes. This is very your, interesting. Your Highness wow. himself. <laughs> well, I, I prefer Kenny fucking Powers, but yes. Okay. That was <laughs> um, but I mean, I, I was skeptical about this, especially considering yeah. we're just kind of doing H2O 20 years after H2O right? Um, in terms of bringing back uh, Jamie Lee Curtis. But I kind of like the aesthetic of it. I like how they kind of set things up. I like they're being, being kind of playful about the history of the Halloween franchise, which is like, oh, that was her brother, right? No, that's something they made up. Mm-hmm. That isn't real. Um, but also right. just the fact that uh, Jamie Lee Curtis is going full, like, I've been training my whole life to kick his fucking ass if he ever shows up again. That's <laughs> pretty cool, Sarah too. Connor. <laughs> and I think it's interesting because they actually kind of pushed the one thing I kind of liked about the zombie movies of the visual aesthetic into what seems to be at least a more streamlined, interesting story. I just hope we don't, because we're just repeating the same title, also repeat the same sort of structure. It just becomes a Mm -hmm. member Halloween 40 years ago. Member this, member that. (laughs) Um, I I hope they don't quite do that because I worry that might be the case with the trailer, but it's, it's made me even more curious. um, Even considering also just the director and writer team alone makes me just like, I'm, I want to see it just for that. I don't know what the fuck they're going to come up with. And some of the cool visual stuff, like I love the chessboard look of like the prison yard. Yeah. I think like that whole sequence looks like it could be really fascinating. Um, And yeah, I'm I'm very curious to see how this goes, especially because this is Blumhouse taking on their first sort of like adopted franchise. Mm. I got yeah. jazz hands about this one, man. I'm fucking excited. It looks so good. I, I hope it doesn't let me down. <laughs> fucking Danny McBride. Who would have thunk? Who would have thunk? I know you're yeah. excited, Brian. Oh, yeah. Um, and Danny McBride, he said that he's, you know, before he got into you know acting and stuff he always wanted to do uh he he wanted to be a writer originally right like horror and fantasy and stuff like that so fingers crossed i'm excited so uh, does this oh i'm sorry go ahead man no go go ahead no i was just gonna ask does this basically go ahead and, and retroactively negate every single sequel in including yes. two yes yeah 
I, I, I think so. That's what they've intimated with that, which controversial opinion, not the biggest loss. Really? <laughs> Dude, after I mean, two, I don't you know, I think is all right. But after that, in terms of the actual continuity ones, um, right. I fuck Halloween as a series. OK, here's what I think they should do. I think they should make a sequel to the greatest of the of all the Halloween movies ever. The most phenomenal, awesome, kick-ass, great storyline. You you know you've you've got people that have that have pieces of Stonehenge, and they're they've got you've got these masks that these little kids are putting on, and they're listening to the music and the countdown to Halloween. Guys, come on, do a sequel to Halloween Three. It was obviously the best of all the Halloween movies, right? It's the only what? tolerable sequel. Yeah. <laughs> what about Rob like, Zombie? Oh, we're, we're not going to go there. Uh, I figured I'd get a jab in. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, Halloween, October 19th. And uh, before we move on to listener feedback, Lance, you messaged me. You you are, you were super excited about the Bumblebee trailer? Uh, no. <laughs> oh. <laughs> not, not I haven't seen it. <laughs> Oh, you you asked me if we was going to cover it. <laughs> yeah, because I figured knowing you, it was. I mean, it's it's quasi superhero. Figured we'd cover. No, it for sure. it's. Uh, I, I'll speak on it real quick. I was a uh, I, I was a little into it. I like the design of Bumblebee. Um, good, good thing is Michael Bay's not directing it. But the thing that just kind of turned me off, I found out it's still set in the same universe. Mm-hmm. So it's not completely away from Michael Bay. So. Oh okay. yeah, I mean it's definitely it's still still kind of producing on it, but at the same time, it does also seem like they're definitely going with the aesthetic of like, hey, how about instead of loud cacophonous bullshit, we make like <gasps> a story and have okay. like characters in it, um, which if anything, it just it looks like a second rate Iron Giant, which is mm-hmm. thousands exactly. of steps above what we've gotten previously. <laughs> so <laughs> not wrong. Sure. <laughs> and and you know I really like the look of Bumblebee. You know he's back to the the Volkswagen Bug. He doesn't look huge as he does in the the bay transformer movies uh-huh and there's not like a hundred other random transformer that we don't even know in the movie so right it, it's got some it's got some good points so wait yeah and plus the toy though mention- uh, i'm sorry go ahead no i was gonna say you mentioned uh it's not michael bay directing um the director mm-hmm. is travis knight who previously did kubo and the two strings which oh, is one of the wow. top yes. films of the last nice. several years. That was so, interesting. Yes. But the toy, was the toy a Volkswagen? I thought it was it wasn't a Camaro. No. Was it a Volkswagen? <laughs> Fuck, about man, that, you mean like originally? Yeah. I, I think it was originally, yeah, and I think they're kind of calling back to that. And plus it makes yeah. him a lot look a lot more smooth, a lot more kind of friendly and gentle, which yeah. is like I said, it, he has more character in this trailer than he did in five different fucking Transformers movies. Well, so yeah. Huh. I just couldn't remember. And yeah. one more thing I didn't put on the docket. Did anybody catch the second Predator trailer that released today? Was it better oh, than the no. first one at least? Uh, a little bit, but mm-hmm. I'm going to have to say I'm not interested anymore. Really? Oh, no. no. I wasn't interested I, after the first one. I, I was hoping, I was waiting for the second trailer. I didn't know they was going to put it out so fast after the first one. I, I'm not. I'm not really interested anymore. I haven't seen that one because I've heard it's very spoilery in terms yeah, of sort of it, what it kind of reveals in there. But at the same is. time, 
I I still have enough faith in Shane Black to at least make me curious about it. Because at the same time, those his movies have infamously kind of been like you know mismarketed. I would argue, and not really like gaining a huge audience. But I wouldn't be surprised if we're saving things that aren't you know that would be even more spoilery in terms mm-hmm. of the actual film. At the mm-hmm. same time, I'm he he makes me at least curious enough to see it go down. So if anybody doesn't want, there is some seems like spoilers in there. So if you don't want to be spoiled, just uh, then don't watch go, the trailer. That's yeah, some shit. Get, get, I guess go <laughs> off of the first trailer. No, that's not a no. good idea. Go off of Shane Black making the fucking movie. <laughs> yeah, Go off of that. Go. <laughs> I mean, we I, I put it on the schedule because, you know, it's an excuse to watch the original one. But I am less excited than I was before. Lower so, expectations. Ouch. Hey, but that maybe it'll exceed expectations and come sure. out to be a pretty decent movie. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I would controversially argue that the Predator series is more consistent than the Alien one is. Mm. Yeah, fair enough. What yeah. about Alien versus Predator? <laughs> that's, that's a dip for both franchises. That's a knock against both of them. Okay. <laughs> and I think I think we're ready for listener feedback. All right. Well, Philip, uh, we got any? There we go. <laughs> I got right. it. Well, Philip okay. said he's getting his jazz hands, so you know. Jazz hands, man. I was excited. Okay, so we got an iTunes review, finally. <laughs> yeah, five out of five. right. Because we're awesome, and because we told you to. Um, <laughs> it's from uh, Chad P. He says, uh, I love this show. I've been listening since episode five and haven't missed one since. Wow, thank you. Um, the host keeps it tight uh, with the format of presenting two movies, old and new, with similar things. If you're uh, into the horror, uh, check this show out. Please check this show out. I received a handwritten letter from show host Lance saying that he oh, would keep on. repeatedly yelling at me uh, <laughs> if I didn't write this review. Help me. This is not a joke. <laughs> oh, that's a joke. Come on. <laughs> Great show, guys. <laughs> well, thanks, Chad, man. You are awesome. Uh, you're the reason that we, we do this. Well, that and we like watching movies and talking about them. <laughs> but thanks, man. Definitely appreciate it. Wow, yeah, that's um, that's amazing. That's amazing. Hey, uh, Chad, seriously though, man, se- uh, get send us an email at uh, thehorrorreturns at gmail dot com and uh, get get us your you know name you want us to send it to and the address and I think I think Brian's gonna probably probably find a Blu Ray in his in his bag of tricks for you as well. Yep, I'll send you a Blu Ray also. So yeah, so let us know. Do you want a, a koozie or a T shirt? Because we haven't printed either. And you'll dictate where our budget goes first. <laughs> and oh. if it's T-shirt, be sure to give us your size. The listeners are running the show. You're going like to be it. a trend center, buddy. There you go. <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, regarding the news that uh, Lauren Cohen is leaving uh, The Walking Dead, Stephen Loblad uh, said, just end the damn show after nine. <laughs> I agree with you, Stephen. Uh, Samantha Bean says, she'll always be Bella to me. Bella, Bella. I don't know from uh, one of those vampire movies or something. I, Ryan, I, be- I, I believe that's Supernatural. Ah, it's on Supernatural. Yeah. That was the sound of it going over my head. <laughs> I'm too fast. I will catch it. Uh, be sure to check out uh, B Jermaine's link on uh, our group page. Hey, I got his name right this time. Hey, yeah. Uh, featuring his review of Cargo. 
Uh, Lisa Cole says, uh, my friend said she and her wife were crying so hard by the end, but it was amazing. Uh, I was getting misty eyed watching the trailer. I'm going to give it a look. That was my cool of the week last week. It's an awesome movie. Mm -hmm. Check it out. Mm -hmm. Plus it's on Netflix. What do you got to lose? Yeah. I'm, I'm the only one in this group here that hasn't seen it. Right, Thomas? You guys have all checked it out. Yep. Yeah, man, it's a good one. I have not uh, actually seen Cargo myself. I'm curious to see it. Oh, you oh, haven't dude, seen yeah. it? Yeah. I have not it. seen it. Okay. Yeah, it's cool. Either. I like the different takes that they're doing on zombie movies lately. Um, Evolve or die. Yeah, there you go. Uh, Lisa also checked out and uh, commented on a few other films. Uh, and Soon the Darkness. Uh, she says, it's not bad. Better than I thought it'd be. Hey, uh, <laughs> that's that's better than shitty. <laughs> hey, yeah, that I, that's how I feel. I'm hoping that's gonna be the Predator movie, right? <laughs> uh, Unsane. Uh, it wasn't the regular blood and guts, but it was creepy to think how a situation can spiral like that. I loved it. Uh, another creepy psychological movie. Uh, Claire Foy was in. Uh, Wreckers with Benedict Cumberbatch. Again, not a gore movie, more of a mind fuck movie. Uh, I haven't seen Wreckers, but yeah, we reviewed Unsane and uh, definitely love that one. Wreckers, wow, yeah, I'm looking it up right now. How how could we not check it out with that with that cast, right? Yeah, Benedict Cucumberbatch. <laughs> um, Brian posted a poll with the release of Hereditary <laughs> this weekend. Uh, what is A24's best film so far? Uh, right now, The Witch is in the lead with Ex Machina and Green Room right behind. Uh, Justin Smith says, uh, Under the Skin, Room, Lady Bird, Moonlight, Swiss Army Man, The Lobster. Dude, they've wow. had some kick-ass movies. No shit. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah, I didn't realize the, all that was the from the same people. Under the Skin, that wow. That, that move, that'll leave you feeling something. Under the Skin has that. my... Under the Skin is one of my favorite deaths in a movie recently and uh -huh. Lance knows what I'm talking about with like the guy underneath the sort of weird pool thing and what That's happens to him crazy, shocked man. me to my core it's so fucked right. up oh, wow. very fucked up <laughs> I gotta watch this one but I may need yeah, to give did. it a couple days after Hereditary <laughs> well, plus Scarlett, Scarlett Johansson fully nude oh oh that one okay yeah definitely gotta watch that <laughs> Uh, Samantha Bean says, uh, the witch terrified me in a strange way, almost uncomfortable, but we loved it. Uh, <laughs> almost that's also uncomfortable. almost uncomfortable. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Black Phillip. <laughs> or a witch bathing in baby's fat. <laughs> well, yeah, that was kind of uncomfortable. <laughs> I mean, you know, thou loves to live deliciously. I mean, come on. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's a keto diet right there. Oh no! <laughs> uh, that's also the only one I've seen so far. Uh, though four of them are on the deck for watching, so I guess I will vote for the one I've seen. And I genuinely thought it was masterfully done. Agreed. Uh, I, yeah, definitely watch the others, man. They've got some good movies out. Uh, Jessica Tucker says, uh, "I don't think I've seen any of these except The Witch." Another one. Uh, Jesse Bollinger says the witch is phenomenal and creepy film. Uh, I also really enjoyed Green Room. Yeah, that was I good, man. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Adam Bunch says Tusk. Wait, Tusk? <laughs> what is Tusk? I don't even know what that is. <laughs> don't say that you love me. I mean, come on. 
but seriously, I like Tusk, but love Ex Machina. All right, fair um, enough. Thomas Mariani says a ghost story is. Who's, uh, that? B- Who's Thomas Mariani? Oh. Why are you reading this? <laughs> Fuck that guy. Get, get, stop reading <laughs> Well, there you go, man. Uh, it says a ghost story is basically an ex- ex- existential look at the loneliness of death and falsehoods of human legacy through the prisms of a ghost. I should have let you read this. <laughs> of a ghost perspective in a haunted house scenario. That's the new one, right? Uh, that came out last year, yeah. it's um, It was my favorite movie of last year. Um, I, I really liked it. it it's uh, from David Lowry who um, is going to be doing that one, The Old Man and the Gun, the Robert Redford movie that's coming out. And he's one of my favorite modern directors right now. And mm-hmm. it's clear from that movie he's a big horror movie fan. But And it's pretty much just like imagine um, a ghost you know, haunted house movie from the ghost perspective after you've oh. seen the ghost like die and his wife grieve and her move out of the house and all the other people that live in the house for like hundreds of years afterward. Oh, wow. That's the Casey Affleck one, right? Yes, and he's under his sheet for most oh, okay. of it. <laughs> oh, a literal See? sheet. Yeah, yes, it's a literal ghost wow. sheet. He looks like a Charlie Brown ghost. Yes, it's a ghost story. Amazing. <laughs> I've stopped on that one a few times and been like, eh, maybe not. Uh, but now I'll check it out, man. Yeah, it, like it's worth, apparently it's worth one of your favorite out. films of the decade. That's awesome. <clears throat> uh, but A twenty four has made many great ones in here too. Uh, let's see. Regarding the upcoming movie, The Girl and the Spider's Web, starring Claire Foy. Uh, Chad Ping, Pingno, 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 Pingno. Sorry, dude. Uh, Two thirds into this book right now. Most definitely a drop off in quality. Uh, yeah, I don't get how they're going to tell this story without book two and three. I'd put my money right. that they find a way to leave the backstory out. I've heard hmm. nothing but okay. conflict about this whole fucking series of stuff, man. <laughs> I'm not sure what it's going to be about. I'm looking forward to seeing it, especially with uh, Claire Foy in it. Yeah. It looks cool. Uh, let's see. Regarding the remake of Night of the Living Dead, Darren Wilson says, uh, I can't say I always liked it, but I do like it now. And I feel a little bad because when we reviewed this movie, I did nothing but made fun of it. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, this is uh, – I think he's referring specifically to the uh, the remake. Yeah, the, the, uh, the, the, t- the Tom Savini one. Savini, oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Well, that one I haven't seen. <laughs> <laughs> I'll it's check it out. You know, you would expect it to be. And I remember when I did my old '90s show, we actually had Savini on, um, which was interesting in terms of it's basically him getting through the crisis of all the production problems on the movie. Right. <laughs> the course of that, yeah, the decades of horror '1990s episode about that was it was very interesting. How, how I want to go hear that. How far back was that one? Would you say that was um, beginning of last year? Okay, so like early 2017 then. Yes. Okay, check that one out. And so was that the only film you guys covered on that one? Is that how I can find it when I go back to look it up? Yeah, just look Night of the Living Dead 90s. Uh, promoting old shows. Cool. <laughs> In the back catalog. <laughs> I like it. Uh, let's see. The new Bumblebee trailer has dropped. Yes! Yeah! That's what Patrick Clear said. He said, yes! Oh, this falls under the Patrick. category of horror, right? I know Lance is chopping at the bit to review this one. <laughs> see, see, Lance, you did message me about this trailer. I did. Uh, I did, man. <laughs> I was fucking with you. Oh. Uh, Samantha Bean says, holy, holy, holy shit, with like 15 exclamation marks. 
I had no idea this was even in the works, and I'm legit crying right now. Bumblebee is my favorite, in all caps, Transformer. Uh, my sons, too, okay. love this. Love. Wow. Wow. People are excited be, about this one. Somebody's going to be checking it out. Yeah. I Fuck, maybe it'll be good, man. They got to do something yeah. with this Transformer shit if they're going to try to keep going with it. Uh <laughs> <laughs> Brian, you got your copy of uh, the Ice Pirates in Ugh. the DV, uh, DVD in the mail today, huh? Oh, boy. Yep, Blu-ray. Blu-ray. Oh, nice. <laughs> I like it's glorious. It's glorious. I can't glorious. believe they would even make a Blu-ray of this piece of shit. <laughs> it was fun, man. <laughs> it was way better than I expected it to be. Ugh. Spoiler alert. I'll talk about it later. Um <laughs> <laughs> Mike Bachelor says, uh, loved this movie when I was a kid, saw it in the theaters. Uh, Lassa El Jar <laughs> says, uh, hey, great favorite of- man. It, it might have been. It might have been terrible. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he says it's a favorite of his. Uh, studied with the composer. Fucking A, right. man. Nice. Right. Some famous ass listeners. Uh, Cherie Pierre. Uh, posted a video of kids going crazy watching a horror movie on the group page. It's titled, We All Know That One Person Who Gets Like This at Watching Horror Films. Did you check that one out, Brian? Yeah, I might have. Yeah, somebody brought their damn kid to the, the hereditary. I, I'll talk about it oh. later. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, we're That's gonna share rough. experiences. But it's a family shit. picture. <laughs> sure. sure it is. Sure. <laughs> uh, it is. Wait a minute, you're right. It's <laughs> all about family. Literally. Why not? Don't go in that room. All right. Oh boy. Uh so <laughs> regarding No One Lives, uh according to Brian, the most entertaining movie that Luke Evans has ever done. Mm-hmm. Okay. Stand by that. Uh, Monica Mandoki says, uh, love this movie. All right, Monica. Lisa Cole. From, uh, Padded Room. Yeah. Uh, Lisa Cole says, Luke Evans popping out of that big guy's body tripped me the F out. Spoiler alert. <laughs> <laughs> On a different note, have you seen High Rise, uh, with him and Tom Hiddleston? Very disturbing, but entertainment. It's a real mind fuck of a movie. Uh, I nearly couldn't fish- finish it, but powered through. That's a Ben mm. Wheatley movie, Thomas, right? That is, yeah, I have seen that one, yeah. Um, it's interesting. interesting. It's weird because it's like a 70s-era book that they're <clears throat> mm-hmm. doing like a satiric take on, so it feels definitely like it's sort of from that era, even though it was made like only a couple years ago. Um, it's interesting. It's got um, a lot of great people in it, and there's, I think, really great moments. It just definitely feels kind of meandering, for sure. But it's interesting. All right. Uh, Ryan Stevens says, uh, why you have a gigantic number of pages, Lance? <laughs> we <laughs> There's do have, like 17 we fucking digits in this thing. <laughs> yeah, well, we try to keep out there on social media, right, Brian? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, also, regarding the first Purge, Ryan says, uh, they aren't the best films I've ever seen, but I find the Purge films immensely entertaining. Uh, in part due to the philosophical discussions around the concept of a purge. And regarding Hereditary, seeing it this weekend, excited to pee my pants in terror. <laughs> uh, there's an update on his uh, viewing. I guess he walked out of the theater after oh, the movie. That Ryan, doesn't surprise Ryan me, Stevens? man. This one was rough. Yep. 
Hmm. Probably not because it was rough, though, right? He no, he just didn't uh, like it. Yeah. Really? Apparently, it was a piece of shit. Uh, wow. I'm excited to talk about this one. <laughs> I think we. I think we all are. Thomas, uh, I didn't. I didn't read your online review yet, man, because I didn't want anything spoiled. Oh, you mean my review at MarianiThomas.wordpress.com? The, Lance, the yes. Same one. I Go check it out. I got uh, By the way, there aren't any spoilers in that review, though. I, I, oh. I try to avoid spoilers. I'll usually mention it at the top if there are any spoilers. But yeah, well, we're talking spoilers today, ladies and gentlemen. But we'll warn you first. Uh, let's see. Michael Colomb did a post uh, posted on YouTube. Uh, Texas Frightmare wrap up on the main horror returns page to check out. Uh, did a fun review of my trip to Texas Frightmare Weekend. Such an amazing event. Met so many amazing horror filmmakers and fans. We had a blast, man. It was a great trip out there. Uh, that's it for listener feedback today. Uh, thanks to everybody who reaches out to us. Uh, we love your feedback and ideas. And your iTunes reviews. Thank you, thank you Chad. Um, go on iTunes and leave one right now. And uh, we'll get you a t-shirt or a koozie. Depending on what Chad decides. Because he was there first. There you go. Um, <laughs> you can always reach us at thehorrorreturns at gmail.com. And, uh, or any of the other social medias, uh, we're still running the contest, so check us out and, uh, let us know what you think. Even if you hate us, but pretend you love us because we love you. Featured attractions. We're going to start with, uh, the legacy. As you guys know from our top 10 horror movies, we did our 100th episode. This is one of my honorable mentions. Um, 1978 movie director Richard Marquand. You may or may not have heard of him. He's known for Eye of the Needle and a little movie called Return of the Jedi. Fucking A. <laughs> Writers Patrick... T- uh, here's a writer by committee. That always makes me nervous. Patrick Tilly, Paul Wheeler, and Jimmy Sangster. And Sangster, Thomas, you may have heard of him doing a lot of the, the uh, older shows that you guys have done. He's known for a lot of the Hammer Horror movies. Uh, had, had you heard that name before? Um, I mean, I was vaguely aware. I know he had written like the original Mummy and the, that they did uh, with Christopher Lee and some of those others. Um, but yeah, uh, it can kind of shows. You can tell a Hammer influence on this one. I like MC so. Hammer? Can't touch it? Yes, exactly. <laughs> yes. Okay. It was really weird when Roger Dolter came out in parachute pants. I was very surprised, very ahead of his time. <laughs> but the dance was on point. Oh, so on point. <laughs> well, that's that's part of the trivia. The house, the house where the majority of the film took place was Roger Daltrey's. Oh, and of course. Yeah, he he agreed to it being used as long as he was cast in the movie. <laughs> yeah, man, put me in the movie. And final piece of trivia: Sam Elliott and Catherine Ross met and fell in love when they co-starred in this film. Uh, they married in 1984 and are still together. What? Uh, heartwarming. A Hollywood love story that actually that actually works. <laughs> All right, Thomas, you're our guest, man. Uh, if you wish, we, uh, we want to give you the opportunity to to go first. Uh, the older one, we we just jump right into the spoilers on. Right. Um, so uh, the legacy I'd actually never seen. Um, I'd actually never really heard of, honestly, until you invited me to watch it here. And it's an interesting little movie. Um, uh, it, it definitely. Uh, has a, like I mentioned a sort of hammer influence. Uh, lots of great British character actors that are in here, um, like uh, Charles Gray, who you might recognize from Rocky Horror Picture Show, amongst other things. Um, and it's 
it, it was it was very interesting, especially like a uh, young Sam Elliott pulling off his uh, hot Jeff Foxworthy look uh, <laughs> at, at this point. That's great. I hadn't much. thought about that, but yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that, that's pretty much what it is. But I think it really works because, um, you know, you mentioned sort of chemistry between him and Catherine Ross that really carries the movie. An interesting way because they're both like you know in America and they're going over to England and Sam Elliott's kind of cautious about it and she kind of convinces him to go through with it and their connection really I think carries the movie along through some maybe lesser plotting elements um, but at the same time a really big spotlight here is the death stuff like particularly mm-hmm. the woman in the swimming pool bit yeah. I thought was incredibly well put together especially for seventy eight mm-hmm. um, where you can t- it's obviously there's a glass there. But at the same time, you don't really feel it. It feels more like it's just like an, a force that's kind of pushing up against this you know, woman and she can't get out of the pool. I thought that was a really well done sequence that I was surprised, especially worked as effectively as it did for that era. Um, so it's it's good. I am glad I did see it. I was not as aware of it. And I'd recently seen Eye of the Needle um, earlier this year because uh, we did Return of the Jedi on the double-edged double bill. And I wanted to do some more Richard Marquand stuff. Um, mm-hmm. A workman but underrated director in many ways. Ah, it's a good way to put it. Brian, what'd you what'd you think about the movie, man? Um, first, I got to point out that really caught my eye or my ear actually was the music is so upbeat and poppy and right, <laughs> yeah, completely opposite of the movie. <laughs> I know, I thought that a couple of times. <laughs> um, it it does have that creepy factor to it, but it right? it, it, it was a little slow for me. Um. I did like the deaths, though. Uh, the one I, I thought was pretty crazy was, um, I can't remember his name, uh, the one that was choking on a chicken bone, and he didn't even <laughs> eat chicken. That, that's Daltry, yeah. Yes, Daltry. yes. Okay. <laughs> I thought that was, uh, and then the nurse comes in to do right. the, the tracheotomy, oh, wow. which obviously was a bad idea. Mm-hmm. But um, I thought everybody was good in it. I like the story, the whole um the guy passing passing down the legacy, the power to the beneficiaries, and yes, you have to sacrifice everyone to so he can pass this on to. Um, which mm-hmm. we're in spoilers. Uh, you find out later is his uh, is his granddaughter or great granddaughter. Yeah, some, something like that. I, di- I didn't catch if it was granddaughter or great granddaughter, but it was obviously ended up being all in the family, so to speak. Yeah, and. Um, for the most part, I enjoyed it though. It was it was it was it was a good watch. This, this before you even mentioned it, Lance, I've never heard of it. Also, right? Yeah, I I think what really got me, like you mentioned, the swimming pool scene, Thomas. That's okay. Mm-hmm. So I I was when did this movie come out? Seventy eight. So I probably saw it. I remember it was on HBO. I was at my dad's house because he let us watch anything we wanted to. Um, all kinds of uh, R rated movies, lots lots and lots of horror movies, lots of action. Um, lots of boobies. Yeah, yeah, oh, lots of boobies. Yeah, yeah. H- <laughs> HBO in the early '80s, late '70s, absolutely. Yeah, buddy. Um, stripes, uh, the jerk, all that stuff, you know. Um, but yeah, I remember that scene is what really kind of creeped me out, and and I remember this being one of the first horror movies that that got me into horror. That one, and then my dad taking me to see the Vincent Price House of Wax in 3D, right around nice. the same time. So those those two, I think, really got me into horror movies. Looking back, is this movie a little dated? Yeah, of course it is. Um, in fact, I think there was a quote from Richard Marquand that he said, we, we made a movie that at the time we thought was pretty good, but looking back, we were 15 years behind our time. <laughs> so that says a lot. But I did kind of like the twist. I loved the part when they were 
they they tried to get away and they kept driving and coming back up on the house again. Mm-hmm. I mean that that's been that's been copied so many times lately. Uh, like in the first season of American Horror Story, I can think of off the top of my head and several other things as well. So uh, yeah, it's, Blair Witch. It, it's a fun movie. Yeah, there you go, Blair Witch. Absolutely, yeah. it's mm-hmm. it's definitely a fun movie. It's a little more dated than I mean at the time it seemed like the greatest horror movie ever. Of course. Looking back, it's not the greatest, but I would highly recommend it to anybody for sure. Yeah, but I, I do really want to comment what Brian was talking about with the the song. Uh, Another side of me, as sung by Kiki D, Kiki. firmly, <laughs> firmly dating of uh, "Don't Go Breaking My Heart," the along with Elton John. Um, ah, it's, okay, yes, that Kiki D, that Kiki D, yes, um, and uh, that firmly. Dates the movie, especially there's a whole point where they use that theme again when they're, he's like going around the countryside. The two of them are going around the countryside and they're like on the horses. And it's just like, oh, yeah. um, this, it's just, it, why are we doing this here? It's just like, oh my God, everything's falling apart around us. Time for a montage <laughs> with that song. It's, it's so weird. Time for it's a little out of place. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, it's like, we yeah. got Kiki D, we're using this song as much as we can. Yeah, you got it. <laughs> that probably was it. Money, so is it still an honorable up. mention for you, Lance? Yeah, it is. It absolutely yeah. is. Yeah, it's it's a lot of fun. It's a Just lot of fun. nostalgia factor. Yeah, and it's a nice twist at the end, you know? Yeah, I really enjoyed mm-hmm. it. Yeah, there's some really good dark atmospheric moments, like the stuff where um, you've got you've got the guy who's inside of like the sort of little hospital room, and you have to, mm-hmm. have to turn off the lights and everything, oh, and yeah. boost up his lights and stuff. Kind of gave me like a dark crystal vibe with like the elder who like just dis- fucking disintegrates in that <laughs> bit. Um, I, I I really liked a lot of the atmospheric stuff there, and also just the moments of like Charles Gray, who I always love being piffy, like he nearly shoots <laughs> Sam Elliott. With an arrow, it's just like, oh, sorry, it just I slipped know. accidentally. <laughs> In the opposite direction. <laughs> exactly. Like he had a bazooka on backwards or something. And, and also, oh, yeah, shout yeah. out to Charles Gray's death um, via just like being lit on fire. Um, the actual look at, of mm-hmm. his like rotting, fleshy, just burnt up corpse uh, was actually pretty astonishing, honestly, for the mm. time. Yeah. Similarities I... to another movie I'm thinking right now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Man, I I I I don't know that I like this one quite as much as you guys did. I uh, yeah. I kind of kept waiting for it to get started, <laughs> and, uh, and and then I kept waiting, and then I was like, "Is that Roger Daltrey? What the fuck?" Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and then some more waiting, and then it, it like in in some very supposed to be tense moments. They were doing the the montage with the upbeat music, and I was like, "What the fuck is happening right now?" And uh, after that, I sort of zoned out, man. I I can't even really remember what happened at the ending. I did like the death scene in the pool. I thought that was cool. Um, I thought it was cool that Roger Daltrey was in it. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I like seeing the young Sam Elliott. Uh, it, it and it was kind of interesting to watch, like uh, social commentary wise, uh, how slightly domineering he was did you guys get that at all well it was yeah. 1978 right yeah i mean you know a different era but uh, i i thought that was kind of interesting to watch just mm-hmm. it, it was like watching a time capsule you know what i mean because yes. it is it is it, this movie is very dated uh and you can tell that from the get-go um 
But yeah, it was okay. I just uh, I, I sort of zoned out at the end, and I couldn't really tell you what happened. <laughs> I, I didn't. I didn't like. Guys. I didn't like where Sam Elliott's character went at the end. Yeah, because he this whole throughout the whole movie, he's trying to get her, him and her away from the house, and then he even tries to stop the whole you know passing of the legacy over to her by destroying the hospital room, and and then at the end, he's just kind of like you know, let me get that ring. Yeah, right. Well, he sort of resigned to it at that point. Yeah, um, it, That's a good way to put it. I mean, yeah, it, it does help also that uh, Catherine Ross um, is just like incredibly enchanting when you initially see her. And then mm-hmm. she sort of gets, you know, entranced into this and sort of sucked into it. You kind of feel that regret. But at the same time, you're like, I don't know, hanging around the graduate girl. That that might not be bad. Even if we're subservient <laughs> to Satan. It's fine. <laughs> well, you're still hot. <laughs> Oh, man. Scores? You guys, yeah, you guys ready for scores? Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, Thomas, we do one one through ten here, but you can do decimals, percentages, whatever you want, man. Um, I'll go with, um, uh, if we're going out of ten, I'll go with seven out of ten. Oh, I thought it was nice. solid fun for what it was. Yeah, uh, very dated at mm-hmm. certain points, um, but it's an interesting time caps. I, I like that. I think that's a very accurate description, um, especially just uh, young Sam Elliott uh, pre, uh, you know, this is like what, Frogs era Sam Elliott, <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> this, is like, this, is, this, is, this is pre-Roadhouse. This is like 10 years yeah. before Roadhouse, guys. This is yeah, super right. early Sam Elliott. Um, but also, yeah, just like a lot of fun inventive sequences and stuff like that. Um, very interesting even if it is of its time. Uh, I'm, I'm also going to go seven. Um, it was slow, but overall the story kept me interested. And um, I do like Sam Elliott. So I'm going to give it a seven. Mm-hmm. Well, I have, I have to go eight guys. I mean, this is uh, like you guys were saying the nostalgia factor. Uh, I just thought it was a really fun movie to watch. It was fast paced and it was, I kind of like sat down and next thing you know, the movie's over with, you know, it's like it went by really quickly and it didn't seem like there were, there were, there was a wasted scene in the whole movie. And I thought a lot of of the upbeat music, it was all the music, all about the music. (laughs) Maybe you should, uh, they should maybe remaster it, but use, uh, like nine inch nails or something like that. And see how that works out. <laughs> Just date it by twenty years as opposed to forty. It's fine. Right. <laughs> I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with an eight out of ten. Uh, I'm gonna give it an extra point. Uh, because I love Sam Elliott, and uh, I was I, I didn't know that it took place in Roger Daltrey's house. I thought that's awesome. Um, <laughs> give it a and especially half a point for each of those. Yeah. And, and especially since we have not the Who's Tommy as your uh, as your screen name on this one, right? Uh, oh, and and yeah. my Twitter handle also at not the Who's Tommy on Twitter. Please follow. Uh, you, you were saying, follow. <laughs> uh, but I'm I'm gonna go with a five. Oh, bringing, bringing the house down, which is not usual for me. Uh, but I had other shit going on in the background, man. I probably didn't right. give it a fair chance. Fair enough. All right, cool. So three. Uh, three of us recommend it, and, and, one, and one is kind of like, I guess if it's on Netflix for free, watch it. Yeah. Uh, it's on YouTube. I mean, <laughs> Yeah, it is on it. YouTube. <laughs> Going back, I, I think we were talking about this one almost a year ago, weren't we, Brian? Yes. All right, well, the director and writer, I know absolutely nothing about this person. I don't even know if this is a man or a woman. I'm assuming it's a man. Ari Oster? Uh, Thomas? Uh, it's you his know directorial anything? debut. I, I, this is his first start, yeah. This Good is reason. it. All right. 
this is the fourth uh, A24 movie to get a wide release after uh, the previously mentioned The Witch. Uh, Free Fire, meh. <laughs> and, uh, oh no, one of my least favorite. It comes at night. <laughs> oh boy. It, has, okay. it had its good parts. I just didn't like the ending. Mm, what ending? <laughs> it right. didn't end. That's the problem. <laughs> Uh, in this trailer, a trailer for this film was accidentally shown at a screening of Peter Rabbit in Australia. So, <laughs> Bede, Marcy, I don't know if you guys checked that out, but there you go. Um, so again, uh, Thomas, you are our guest, man, and we know you have a lot to say about this. So we'll uh, we we kind of go around Robin, uh, spoiler free, yes, scores, and then you know, let it let it go. Yes, we'll dig into that. Um, so, yeah, I was very curious about Hereditary. I was very interested. Um, uh, obviously, maybe because it's A24. But the trailers looked interesting. At the same time, I wanted to keep my expectations in check, which is something I would hope more people out there would do. Um, and Hereditary is very interesting because for horror fans, the first half of it is much more of like a really brutal family drama. Yeah. Almost kind of has like a Who's Afraid of Virginia Wolf vibe at points in terms like, of just a like a lot brutal. No, it's it's very brutal. It's very uh, depressing at points uh, in there. It's dealing with very heavy subject matter, but at the same time, that consistently fascinated me and really got me invested in the characters. We say a lot, you know, people say a lot like, "Oh, um, horror movies don't get us really invested in the characters that much. We don't know a lot about them before the horror hits." This is a movie that deliberately really goes into this entire family, this dynamic in that first half. And then um, it makes all the really weird, crazy horror shit that happens in the second half, I think, even better. Um, this is, quite frankly, it's my favorite movie of the year so far, horror or otherwise. Mm-hmm. I loved Hereditary well, with every little fiber of my being. That's saying a lot. What would you think, Philip? Wow. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I agree with a lot of stuff that you said. Um, I saw it this morning, so I'm still sort of trying to process, man. It was... Uh, as heavy as a movie gets, I mean, there was there was a time in the middle of that movie where I was like, man, I don't know if I can watch the rest of this. <laughs> it was rough. Uh, and then, yeah, it, it, it's it, and it's actually probably the last third of the movie. The horror stuff actually hits. It mm-hmm. takes it a while to get going. It's definitely a slow burn. But you're right. I mean, they give you a whole lot of character background and they get you invested in all these characters. And so when something happens to any of them, you are 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 very distraught about it, you know, and yeah, uh, particularly shout out to Tony Collette. Amazing yes. powerhouse yeah. performance. In yeah, this, uh, this one had me hook, line and sinker, man. I was invested in this movie. Uh, it was uh, a, a little rough to watch, but. Has all the makings of a classic, man. This is this was a good movie. I was very impressed. What'd you think, Brian? I loved it. Um, it the first hour was slow, um, very very depressing, especially when you get into the backgrounds of, of family members and stuff like that. But once you hit that second hour, fantastic. It goes uh, off you, the fucking deep end. Yes, and <laughs> Thomas, you mentioned Tony Collette fucking fantastic even even her facial expressions the way yeah. the everything was just amazing and not to mention i thought everybody else was great in the movie too especially um i don't know the kid's name uh, the kid from jumanji jumanji <laughs> yeah, That's yeah. Where alex from. wolf yes yes yeah. he, he was great he was great as well and versatility just 
Um, scariest movie since The Exorcist? No, but very, <laughs> very disturbing and creepy, and yeah. just makes you feel, you know, certain ways. Mm-hmm. But I, I loved it. I had a fantastic time. I don't know, man. I it 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 might be up there, dude. It it gave me the goosebumps multiple times. Mm-hmm. Well, I can see the Exorcist comparison, or even a Rosemary's Baby comparison, mainly in terms of they all sort of follow that similar kind of aesthetic to it. Of mm-hmm. like, it's initially sort of like a character drama that builds up to the horror. But right. both those movies kind of have that. Um, but uh, at the same time, it definitely feels also, especially like a more modern context in terms of this, you know, woman who is going around trying to convince people that she's telling the truth, and there are people that completely deny and shut her down. I think it's a very interesting, relevant movie for its time as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, and if you think about the circumstances, you know, I mean, there's 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 reasons that they that they don't they don't believe her, you know, several mm-hmm. several layered reasons that we can get in we can get into after the scores, but uh, yeah, it was. Um, I, first of all, before we do this, there, let's talk about the uh, let's talk about the idea of uh, of set of setting when it comes to going to a movie theater to to see a film. Brian, you've talked about this several times. <laughs> Apparently, the Anchorage uh, crowds are notorious for being a little on the rowdy side. Yeah, and why would you bring your kid? This kid had to have been like six or seven years old to this movie. Oh no! And then you, there's there's a scene that happens in the middle. Uh, I, I'm not not going to spoil it, but I couldn't. You know, I was like, wow, they went there, and then. This lady was completely just disgusted that they would even do this in this movie and grabbed her child and mm-hmm. stomped out of there. Okay, good. Good. Yes. Yeah, Excellent. she probably shouldn't have been there in the first place. Yeah. Yes. How dare you do this in an R-rated horror film that I brought my child to? How dare you, movie? But besides that, I have my crowd was really into it. It was very quiet. Mm-hmm. Like everybody was paying attention to it cuz there was a lot to to take in with this movie cuz this is definitely uh, a movie that you're going to have to watch multiple times to really, really mm-hmm. get everything. Cause yeah. uh, there's a lot of foretelling of the end and other stuff throughout the movie that we'll get into later that I noticed. I can't okay. decide whether I want to watch it again, man. It was <laughs> that, that rough, huh? Yeah, dude. Yeah, I, it's kind of it's, it's up depressing. there in the echelon of like a requiem for a dream, where it's like this is a great movie. I don't know if I want to watch it again. Yeah, <laughs> right. <sure. laughs> Oh man! Well, so they stomped out, Brian. Like uh, yeah. she grabbed the kid and they left. Okay. Well, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know, I don't know what they were watching, what they thought they was gonna watch. Really, <laughs> I don't know. Peter Rabbit, maybe. Um, yeah, they saw I it on the trailer. Sh- <laughs> I sure, I sure wish I could say the same, dude. <laughs> With my crowd, I had. I'm gonna say this was the I, I, shit. I go to at least one movie in the theater a week, and this this was I I can honestly say the strangest theater going experience i've ever experienced in my life really yeah it started out innocently enough there was a i don't know where this guy was sitting exactly but it was probably third or fourth row from the front down on the left and there were a few scenes that were maybe maybe mildly humorous and he had he stifled a few little giggles when you get to the scene that I think Brian's talking about, where the movie really takes a super dark turn, the guy burst out, la- I'm not laughing, like giggling, guffawing. What? <laughs> I kid you not. It is the and opposite reaction that I had. Every time something would happen that was either dramatic or scary or 
you know, really, you know, really made your stomach turn or made you think this fucking jackass just started giggling like a like a madman. And it. Well, I was going to say it wouldn't have been so bad, but yeah, it was pretty fucking bad just with this this idiot. Maybe they were scared giggles. I don't I, know. If they were, they sure sounded weird. But he was watching the, overboard on his phone the whole time. Maybe <laughs> just in so. his pocket. Well, that, that, or that he's that a movie, serial killer. That movie didn't have that many laughs. But no, unfortunately, <laughs> here's what happened. There were three or four little teenage girls sitting on the same aisle he was. And they got into it, too. When he started as just like the ringleader, and they would all they would all giggle as well. And huh. I'm sure it was nervous giggling, but maybe they were worried about this dude or something. They should have gotten up and left, man. But it was just strange. That's weird. Very weird. Because I don't remember weird. any moments in this movie that were funny at all. Uh, I, yeah, it's not. There are like a few darkly humorous moments that are just yes. like just some kind of brief relief. It's like, oh, yeah, it's definitely kind of like that. But what, I had an interesting experience where um, most yeah. of my crowd was pretty quiet, except there was one like it was clearly a teenager who mm-hmm. was kind of like not getting into the dramatic part of it and still just kind of like trying to make fun of the movie. And then that moment happens. He's silent for a solid, like I'd say 10 minutes after that Mm -hmm. point. And then as the movie keeps going along, I can hear him silently saying, what the fuck? (laughs) (laughs) Well, that sounds about right. (laughs) That's more like it. Yeah. That would be the expected result. I would think from this movie, but um, I, this, I, I will say this. There's two movies that I remember leaving the theater in my lifetime, and I just felt off, like really, really weird when I was in my car, just like depressed and, you know, felt at, like literally out of my skin. This one and uh, Oliver Stone's uh, Natural Born Killers. Mm-hmm. And this, oh, okay. Yeah, this movie gave me that same uneasy feeling. But this, th- I will be seeing this again because I've got to see it without that crowd. <laughs> I've got to soak everything up and be able to concentrate because, frankly, that it was a little distracting here at this guy, you know, so... Anyway, um, not too much more I want to say because I'm afraid I might say a spoiler like I did with the solo show. So. <laughs> well, I don't think anybody really cared at that point. Uh, how how many spoilers can there be at with solo? <laughs> <laughs> but you need to know his name in the context of the movie. It's so great. Oh no! You guys, what, you, you, are, you guys ready to get into scores? Yeah, yeah. So we can really talk. Uh, yeah, Thomas, you went first, right? Yes, uh, ten out of ten. Wow. Huron, wow. Ten loved this movie. Holy smoke. Full stop. Continue, uh, fellas. No, I guess that's me. Sorry. Uh, I'm going to give it a, uh, I'm going to give it a nine and a half. Uh, I'm going to wow. leave a half a point Holy off shit. just because it was like, man, it was, it, it was heavy, <laughs> you know, but I, great movie, man. I, it, it's it's rare that that a movie impacts me the way that this one did, and uh, it it hit me hard. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't do this often, but I'm gonna give it a ten. Wow! This um, holy shit! Not even just what I seen, just stuff that was being said. It just I was like, wow, that's super mm-hmm. fucked up. And this movie was like the omen and Rosemary's baby on mental health issues altogether yeah. wrapped up in one movie. So mm-hmm. I'm going to give it a 10. I don't do that often. Wow. That's strong, man. Um, well, so my, my vote, my, or my score is going to be tainted 
and so I am going to see this again and, and, and score it again later, but um, unfortunately due to the distractions of it, and then the fact that I thought it was just maybe a 10 or 20 minutes too long. I think yeah. it could have been a little bit tighter, but other than that, um, I still give it a very a very strong 8 out of 10. And I w- and I highly expect that that score will go up upon further viewing. So, but uh, having said it. that, though, if they cut the, if they cut that twenty minutes out, you don't get quite as much character development. Mm-hmm. I think. Yeah, we can go into that. That's a good point. I'd be curious to That's see like point. what you would want to cut out. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, okay, fair enough. I can I can assure you that this is that this is not going to stay an eight on ten. But uh, <laughs> that's that's the score for now. But anyway, any way you look at it, we all four. Highly, highly recommend the movie, don't we? Yes. Yeah. All right. Spoilers. This is a motherfucking spoiler alert. You've been fucking warned. This is a motherfucking spoiler alert. You've been fucking warned. This is a motherfucking spoiler alert. You've been fucking warned. Well, we got to talk about the scene, right? right. Yes. <laughs> Specify which one. The fucking death scene. Of the little girl who hits her head on the fucking pole and her head pops off. Little Charlie. Man, immediately when that happened, I don't think I've ever done this in a theater. Mm-hmm. Or even sitting at home watching a movie. My hands went to my mouth. I was like, oh my god. That yeah, was I, my so reaction. Brutal. My reaction came after that when I'm like, mm-hmm. you fucking went home and just went to bed? And didn't yeah. and just left her in the car for your mother to find? Well, he oh, was I was obviously in shock. Her. Yeah, yeah I was but I was him, still man. like, what the fuck? He's pulled over, and he's like, what the fuck do I do? Yeah. What the fuck well, just you know, happened? What's, what's so interesting with that moment to me, I, that Alex Wolf's like, performance there, is you can just see it's all it's all very silent. It, mm-hmm. It's just a lot of close-ups on his eyes. You see like the brief close-up of like, over where the head would be. And mm. his face is just like, and the brief tear he has is just like, I've ruined everything. I mm-hmm. my, my life is over. This yeah. is the worst possible thing I ever could have done. And it's Mm -hmm. all because I was reckless and stupid. And it's such a fucking heart stopping moment in this whole movie, especially after such a big energetic chase scene that happens. It just really makes you just stop and contemplate with him. Just like this is so fucked. And to the point where he's just like, I, 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 I just need to go home. I can't fucking process this. It's like, I agree that it's definitely in a moment of like, oh man, you fucking did that, you piece of shit. But at the same time, it's like, mm-hmm. you know, man, I don't know what I'd fucking do either. <laughs> I don't either, that man. Point. That's That was, I, I was I was putting myself in his shoes the entire time. And I'm mm-hmm. like, what do you do at this point? And I, I can't blame him for doing what he did, just going home and going to bed. I mean, oh. Was it the smartest decision? Probably not. But what the fuck are you supposed to do at that point? I mean, knock on your mom's door and wake her up and say, hey, uh, sorry, sis is dead. Oh, and then especially how her it cuts head popped to, off. Oh, my God. And especially how it cuts to, like, just the morning routine on his face. And yeah. then that shot. That shot where you see just the head covered in ants is genuinely one of the most unsettling, disturbing yeah. images I've just ever seen. And I, I can't believe they went there. And I'm it, it, I'm sure it's a very quick cut, but it just burrows into your fucking brain. Like yeah. so many moments that happened after that point. <laughs> well, yeah. and it was that moment when she, you know, wakes up and goes to the car and all you hear is that scream, you know. And I was like, oh, dude, I felt so 
awful and it, and it <laughs> about laughed, this whole situation. It lasted as it, as it would cut to the next scene of her in the bedroom on the floor crying, and then it would cut to the next scene, and she's just still screaming at the funeral. It was it was rough. But uh, did you guys notice the the symbol on the pole that she hit her head? No. no. Was it on there? <gasps> The yeah, somebody. Mom, I, I now I didn't. Symbol? Yeah, I didn't see it. Myself. That's why I said I got to go by, watch it. But someone said that this symbol was already on the pole. Like, oh wow, well, there all you this was it. like pre, pre planned to happen. Everything was being controlled or something. It, yeah. Well, well, the, well, the thing that made me the think that wasn't that particular bit. But it's when later on Alex Wolf is like going up to the treehouse during like the very end of the movie, and he mm-hmm. looks over, and it's that same fucking animal that he nearly ran over. Yeah. Like, oh, oh fuck, they that. planted all this shit. Oh, I didn't realize oh, that. Oh my either. god. Yes. Wow. Wow. Okay, cool. Maybe I do need to watch this one again. There's crazy oh, symbolism I'll, I'll, in this. I'll watch it several times. And I mean, even just from the cutting the head off of the pigeon thing that she did, I mean, that's. It, I, it's it, This movie is insane. I, I texted Lance as soon as I got out. I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> fuck did i just watch <laughs> very very well very well written very tight tight script i mean everything well, yeah I, I i didn't see any plot holes in it did you guys no I, Not... I can't i didn't put i didn't pick out a single single plot hole every everything fits seamlessly well and i want to talk about in terms of the symbolic imagery i love that this whole movie is really centered around these people who don't really have control over their lives trying to seek control there's so much of that oh. with like the fact that Tony Collette, the entire movie, is making dioramas of these moments in her life where her mother was super domineering, always ah. doing shit like trying to come in or um, trying to feed her daughter, which was yeah. especially disturbing. Um, it's it's very interesting that like there's that and also how Charlie even mimics that by making little tiny figures of her own with the weird kind of like can thing that she makes and all this other stuff mm-hmm. and even – um, and that how that shows up later. It's a movie about really these people trying to take some kind of control of their lives in a situation where because of the grandmotherly figure who just only shows up in photographs, um, she is constantly pulling the strings on their lives like and putting them in her own little dollhouse. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Nice. <laughs> All right. I'm already up to eight and a half. Let's keep going. going. Yeah, there's a take all that into account, man. Yeah, there's just a lot. Like even when she's at her group meeting and she's speaking on her her brother, Mm -hmm. who uh, before he committed suicide was claiming that the mother was trying to put people into his body. Oh, yep. Well, yeah. I was like, wow. And I love the simplistic imagery of it just being a light. It almost reminded me of like, have you guys ever seen like the Mary Martin Peter Pan? Like the the mm. old stage show oh, where Tinkerbell yeah. would just be a flashlight. Yeah. Like I love that they convey that just through something as simple as like a little tiny light mm-hmm. that just shows up. It's like it's so simplistic, but it screams so much, especially when even you see like the weird kind of um almost blast of light that shows yeah. up constantly, just like you no know, like shit's about to go down, essentially. Um I, I love how they utilize that. Yeah, that, well, because it's that based like trip. super in realism, and then like I, I, they go off sort of the, on the deep end at the end and and go full horror, but before that, it's 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 almost very realistic and and creepy as hell, you know. And then that whole little orb of light that's flying around is uh, that's one of the things that gave me goosebumps, man. Trying trying to figure out what, what the hell was going on. Yeah, it was just a uh, right. you know creepy shit that was happening, and then when. Uh, <laughs> 
the mom was like crawling around the room and shit. Oh shit! That, <laughs> all right, so my favorite fucking uh, horror scene in it that really creeped me the fuck out had me uh, kind of the same way as in the Exorcist remake, or not the remake, but the re-release mm-hmm. when they had her like climbing down the stairs backwards, spider walking. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. So that that part got me. Uh, the same way that the part where she was trying to get into the attic and she's like clinging to the ceiling and just oh, slamming wow. her head on Hitting. the attic door. Oh, God. Oh, my God. Dude, <laughs> yes. that was creepy as fuck. Oh, wow. What about when What about when the kid was in school, in school at his desk and he started getting possessed? Oh, yeah. Dude, I'm getting goosebumps right now talking about it, man. It was it was a creepy-ass movie. I, I just also love, like, one of the few moments of, like, kind of a bit of levity during that scene is after this horrible scene where he's contorting his body and all this other stuff. We have mm-hmm. the wide shot of him screaming and the kids looking around and just the one kid fucking having the cell phone. <laughs> I, I love that so much. I didn't notice that. <laughs> I'm, I'm it's, it's, off in, it's off to the right, and I only noticed it because I'm just like, oh my god, that was so intense. Oh, he's got his cell phone. Is he filming it? Or he was playing filming it. it. Yeah, he's filming it just as this is going oh. on. I'm, su- I'm surprised the mad giggler didn't catch that in my theater. <laughs> that was the one moment that scared him to his core. It's just like, he's got a cell phone. Wow. Oh my god. <laughs> hey, so what do you... What do, you, what do you guys think about poor poor Ann Dowd? Has has this lady been typecast as a sinister a sinister character and everything she's in, or what? You guys seen The Handmaid's Tale? Oh yeah, no, not yet, not yet. <laughs> How about the leftovers? No. Oh yeah. Oh, shit. <laughs> she's in the it was interesting to me because she's very inviting and very supportive when she like shows up. Just like I'm sorry, my mm-hmm. son and my grandson also died, and it's such right. a tragic thing. You, you instantly sort of get into just like, oh, she's the sweet, you know, like older lady. It's just like oh, she wants yeah. to help her out. This is so great. And then it's completely subverted the moment she's like on the fucking highway, and right. it's just like, Peter, I cast you out. It's like, yeah. Holy fuck. That this was is so, up. especially that nobody else hears it. It's it's mm-hmm. so good. It's just, and even like the the use of the sort of paranormal aspects of it that could have made this. I was worried for a bit. Like, are we going paranormal activity territory here? Which is like the little glass, you know, mm-hmm. going like that. Um, but they utilize it really, especially the moment the the fucking um, chalk starts actually writing on the chalkboard. Mm-hmm. Had me. That was like the first one where I'm just like on pins and needles. I'm just like, oh shit this is where we're going and right. even like some of the humor that comes after that with like the gabriel byrne alex wolf like actual seance scene and gabriel byrne who isn't getting a lot of credit for this movie but that dude has the best mean mug in this movie yes yes Anytime. <laughs> he did He's great just, man yeah he was, he was so especially that whole sequence where um the whole casting it into the fireplace thing yeah you can see so much of this guy just like through his facial features just saying i've had to deal with this for so long your domineering mother this whole family situation now this ghost shit i'm so done yeah. mm-hmm. i can't take this anymore Such a shit. <laughs> yeah. oh no i don't blame him at all no <laughs> yeah. why did he, he catch on fire of, though hey he reminded me of richard jenkins and stepbrothers when he had to go down to the cheesecake factory <laughs> <laughs> that's Sorry that's true that. similar very similar motivations i'm sure in both contexts <laughs> but why did why did he catch fire instead of her this time wasn't he a sacrifice right yeah oh, they oh. said that like she kept saying like i'm i have to be a sacrifice you have to do this right. for me because you have to be the one to cast it in here and she ended up doing it which thus made him the sacrifice at that point oh uh, it was a matter of who did the action huh 
Yes, um, which I find also interesting that this is a movie, like you mentioned, it comes at night, which is a lot more arbitrary and symbolic in more ways than this movie is. And I was disappointed in that movie more because they relied so much on the dream sequences Mm -hmm. versus this movie does have a much more clear plot you could follow, but at the same time has so much layered symbolism to it that really enhances the base plot that we already can tell from what Tony Collette's doing. Mm -hmm. And I think that really works for especially speaking of dream sequences even before the horror stuff starts just the moment where she is like supposedly coming into the room and she's like why are you doing why are you scared of me i never wanted to be your mother and she's like oh that's wow that was was rough yeah (laughs) oh my yeah it's a dream sequence that actually reveals more about the character in a way that you wouldn't you know if that happened in the actual context of the reality of the movie um, it would be a completely different movie at that point um Mm -hmm. but it still reveals so much about the character it's an actual useful dream sequence for that yeah those are pretty rare these days aren't they yeah well and especially in this one where you where you were you kind of didn't know what was real and what wasn't you know mm-hmm. I, I yeah i i thought it was super good man and uh, tony collette just fucking killed i mean everybody fucking killed it dude that yeah. the acting in this movie was on point yeah, oh. so between like Six Sense and the Battle Boy and all these other things, Tony Collette might as well just be crowned put upon mother of the century at this point. <laughs> yeah. It's just like deals with so much shit and like the way it comes out, especially I love the dinner scene so yeah. much. Um I mean, where, where she just like goes off on him at that point. Such a perfect point to go off on him on and such the tension that's at that moment. Or just like, oh, shit, this feels like the worst possible version of the worst family dinners I've ever had. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, and she didn't get, like, too out of hand with just I, – I, I, I thought that speech was great because she didn't get, like, too out of control with just blaming him for everything. Mm-hmm. And and she was like, you know, I, I know that you have pain and I wish that I could take that away, but basically I wish you weren't such a dumbass. And you take responsibility <laughs> for your bullshit. Yeah, <laughs> just the pause, and wow. then he fucking casts it on her, just as a perfect fuck you punctuation mark to that moment. Uh, so such a good fucking movie, guys. Yeah. Man. Like I, I, I almost took her side at that point. You know what I mean? Except yep. that I was it thing were, were were was it stuff that she should have been saying? No, but you know, in that kind of situation, that's the kind of shit that comes out. You know. And, well, yeah, and, you take everybody's side at a certain point. It, it's a yeah. great movie of, like, it really considers the empathy of every single character that's going on. Even – I really want to praise Millie Shapiro as Charlie, mm-hmm. who hasn't really acted in much. But she just has this quiet delicateness that says so much about how domineering the family is, like the grandmother, considering – but also how at the same time they kind of treat her like a burden at the same time. Just like there's there's so much layered in her performance as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, didn't even mention her. They've got the the makeup down on that one, man. She looked like she was uh, like so stressed and hadn't slept for like three days. I mean, they put bags under the eyes of a thirteen year old, and uh, yeah, she did great. Right up until the he- the point where her head popped off. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what did you guys think about the ending with the whole? rising of what was it paimon yeah one of the eight kings of hell very crazy very rosemary's baby for sure oh yeah it it Um, was a little confusing yeah really uh maybe not necessarily confusing but like i mean i guess i sort of expected it but then it was like Mm -hmm. sort of charlie that was in him 
but it well, was, also, explain- it was Paimon. Yeah. Well, Charlie, no, but he, they, they, they explained the whole, the whole thing. Well, no, yeah, they explained the whole thing that um, Charlie was sort of born this creature, and apparently there's a whole thing of it has to be a male, um, you know, sacrifice of sorts that he has to mm-hmm. go into. That's why they even referenced right. earlier about the whole thing about uh, Grandma always wishes I was born a boy as opposed right, to a girl. Right. Yeah, they and they want. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no, no. Go ahead. Oh, uh, I was gonna say they they always wanted Peter in the beginning, but. Right. Uh, Tony Collette's character had had, I guess, more of a tighter hold on him. Okay. And wasn't able to. And then Charlie was born, and was supposed to be a, a boy. So. Right. Well, that, she mean, was sort of this vessel for for Paymon yeah. to come in. Yeah, I completely agree with that. Um, and I, I think that, especially that it's like sort of the spirit is Charlie, I think speaks to just the, even more of a tragedy of like this girl who was unfairly killed is still just like floating around and not because of her own volition, but because she's secretly this fucking evil pagan God who wants yeah. to come back. <laughs> just layers upon layers of fucking tragedy that's going on just in that simple premise. And so all the uh, all the dead people in there that were all naked for some reason were uh, their their ancestors. Oh no, they're followers because you yeah, saw the whole cult, like the photos. Members. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Just random dead ass followers. Okay. Well, no, they, I don't yeah. think they're a necessarily of, dead. A lot of them weren't dead. They they had the dead yeah. bodies actually laid out on the ground, right? The headless bodies. Like, right. They had the headless bodies the laid out, position. but. Yeah, but they also had like the apparently living people at the same time who were like these cult followers, including Ann Dowd was uh, amongst that group because they had those pictures and stuff that showed off the grandmother in like a cult ceremony and being the one who sort of crowned and all this other stuff. Oh, it's, right. it's, yeah, yeah, I thought yes. they were dead. Yeah, uh, what was it? what do they call Queen Leah? Yeah, mm-hmm. and yeah, so it had to be someone in her family, right? It had to be her blood, her bloodline, basically, which is why they couldn't just. Go out and find another boy to try to kill and possess or whatever. Yes, because they, they've been insinuating that just like this has been going on for so long, and she's mm-hmm. just like one in a line of several of these different people who have been trying to get this god to come back and spread hellfire, essentially. Um, and I, oh my god, just this, and can I talk about my favorite horror moment of the whole movie? Well, of definitely course. has to be. Um, Alex Wolf goes up into the attic. He sees just like the the candles and the evil people, but mm-hmm. Tony Collette garroting her own head off while floating in the yeah. air and looking straight into his eyes. Wow. Oh yeah. I thought she oh, was hanging shit. from a rope. No, she like was her. levitating. She was oh, she was okay. <laughs> I thought she was hanging like her uh, like her brother. Oh no, she was chopping, taking her head off. Well, yeah. I mean, I saw that part. Like while she was hanging, I thought. Oh man, it's crazy. Yeah, well, I, I could see why you thought that. I mean, you know, she's but then there's the weird naked dude that shows up in the house, right? He's he's like a real person and just snuck into the house, or is yeah. he a ghost? Yeah, they all, they, they they all got in, man. They were. Yeah, I understand naked too, people they, everywhere. They were real people. The only one who didn't show up was the naked Indian from uh, Wayne's World, right? <laughs> With the tear. <laughs> Well, plus, I also insinuate that these were the same people that probably brought the body up and desecrated the grave. Oh, yeah, yeah of course. They of had course. that whole plot line going on as well, yeah. Creepy fucking movie, man. Yeah, I don't think any of us saw the ending coming, right? Is that safe to say? I didn't. I did not know what this movie was about yeah? <laughs> going into it. So. I didn't either. I thought yeah. from the poster and everything, I, I kind of just thought it had something to do with witchcraft, where, like, you know, she taught the daughter this the the black arts or something like that. 
you know well, it, it's in, yeah it's interesting because it's a movie that you know it's because inter- mental illness was sort of treated in the past previously and diagnosed as demon possession and mm-hmm. this is a movie where it's like you know it can feel like demon possession it's a metaphor for that but also no it's actual demon possession it's actually- which is really <laughs> fucked up <laughs> what about charlie's head on that fucking mannequin at the end how creepy was that oh, oh god yeah yeah and they put the crown on him oh man uh uh, I I actually really loved the ending. I, I thought it, it went kind of wild from such a really serious beginning to the movie, but yeah. uh, but I, it, it fits perfectly, man. I think that they did it right. Yeah, that's kind of that's kind of why I was thinking like an hour and forty minutes into it, I was starting to get that. I was starting to worry that this was going to be another. It comes at night because I thought, mm-hmm. oh shit, we're probably right at the end of the movie, but little did I know we still had, what, another half hour, 40 minutes more to go. That's why I said I thought, you know, maybe it was a little long, but now that you guys mention it, I'm really not too sure what else they could have cut out of it, but, uh, yeah. Well, they just, they sat a long time on the death of Charlie, which, I mean, I think was mm-hmm. the right move to make, because, I mean, as as a viewer, yeah, I was stuck on that for a while too, man. Like every scene that they showed after that, I felt mm-hmm. like yeah. How about, about Tony Collette on the floor like that? Like say, yeah, I want to die. I want to. I just want to die. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh man. Well, because it's so interesting because it's a complete contrast to the opening death of the movie with the grandmother, where everyone was just kind of like, "Well, yeah, mm-hmm. she treated me like a piece of shit," and everyone was kind of just awkward around her in general. Right. So it's just like it's you know like the death of an older family member you were very distant from versus someone you're in your direct oh, wow. immediate family. It just yeah. that yeah. perfect especially, contrast of it, especially a younger one, you know, a child yes. like that. Wow. Yes. All right. Well, it's a deep movie, guys. We could probably talk all night, but we try to keep these shows to an hour and a half, and we're just about – well, a little over, but that's good. You know? <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, Thomas, it. man, we, we can't thank you enough, brother, for, for joining us, man. So tell everybody everybody who's listening, tell tell us all again how where we can find you and lis- listen to your golden golden voice every week. Well, yes, I am um, at not the Who's Tommy on Twitter, as I mentioned previously. Um, I write reviews as well for MarianiThomas.wordpress.com. That's M-A-R-I-A-N-I, Thomas.wordpress.com. And I also will post there uh, episodes of the Double-Edged Double Bill, which isn't always horror-centric, but we do do horror movies uh, when it calls for. We did recently a Based on a True Story episode that includes the Amityville Horror and also Wired, the John Belushi biopic. It's garbage. Oh, wow. <laughs> uh, Nez, Nez, Nez will be in line to listen to that one. We're, we're going to have to turn him on to that. The That's original yes. Amityville, right? The original Amityville starring James Brolin and Margot Kidder. Yes, uh, we covered that. And that can also be found, um, like this very podcast, at Podbean. So at doubleedgedoublebill.podbean.com. All right, cool. Well, yeah, again, man, we, we do appreciate it. Are you guys ever going to cover Little Shop of Horrors? Uh, you know, I, I might have an inkling to do it at some point. Uh, yeah. maybe, and maybe just have to do with it being my favorite movie ever. But yeah, I don't know. Maybe you might do it. It's a good not movie. Sure, not sure what bad one you would pair with. That. <laughs> I'm trying to think what it could be. I guess <laughs> the episodes of the Little Shop animated series. I don't know. <laughs> was that that bad? Attack of the Killer Tomatoes. Oh, how about Repo the Genetic Opera? That was a bad horror musical, right? I don't hate that one though. You don't? No, yeah, it's honestly. not that bad. No. We saw Darren Lynn Bowsman at Texas Frightmare, and I was almost was going to tell him, you know what? That movie wasn't horrible. <laughs> but I did. I chickened out. <laughs> but, uh, uh, for sure. And I, I would be glad to come back on anytime, guys. Awesome, man. 
All right. Well, thanks. And we can't wait to listen to your, to all the episodes you have coming up and, uh, all of our listeners guys go out and check that out. I think you're going to enjoy it. Um, as always, we want to thank you guys for listening to another episode of the horror returns. Uh, as, uh, as you guys know, we want to hear your feedback. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> and your ideas. And the show's dictated by what you guys want. So, you know, let us know. You can always reach us at thehorrorreturns at gmail.com. Follow us where, Brian? Uh, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Tumblr. And what's the deal with, with iTunes right now, Philip? Uh, you can get a t-shirt or a koozie, depending on uh, what Chad sends in. <laughs> it's all Thanks, hanging. Chad. All right. Well, next, uh, Thomas, next week we're, uh, we're going to have Doc Rotten on the show. And as you know from Horror News Radio as well as Gruesome Magazine. And we're going to talk about the year in horror, 1978. So, Brian, till the horror returns again. Good night.